everybody. Welcome back to It's a Little Things podcast. I'm super excited today. It's super dreary and cloudy and rainy here, so the lighting's a little off here. But um, I'm super excited because Miss Emma's here with me today, and I came across her on Instagram, and she gives off this just radiating positivity and just joy. So if you, I would go check out her Instagram if I were you. Um, but she's awesome, and I'm super excited to kind of talk with you and hear more about you and your story, Emma. So why don't you just tell us about you and your testimony? Yes, thank you so much um, for that kind intro. Um, yeah, like she said, my name's Emma. I'm from Minnesota. So we're jumping into spring here, which is the best feeling. I woke up and it was like 45 outside and I was like, Where am <laughs> I? This is so fun. I love the weather. Um, yeah, just getting warm again. But yeah, a little bit about my testimony is um, I grew up in the classic kind of church family. I grew up going to a private Lutheran school, um, first grade through eighth grade. And from there, I kind of had a good like structure for just like who Jesus was, what the Bible was really. Um, the Bible was taught a lot, which is, I appreciate now, but at the time, you know, I didn't really understand a ton, but it was a good foundation to have. Um, and then I went to public school and that was kind of a big jump just from going to a class of 12 at a little private school to, I mean, a class of 80. So I guess it didn't really change a ton, but um, (laughs) still pretty small. Um, And yeah, so grew up in a small town, um, got about a thousand people and going into public school, I was definitely exposed to a lot of things that I wasn't exposed to at a private school. Um, And being in a small town, there's not a lot to do. And I was never really into like the drinking crowd or partying, going to parties. Um, and so I was kind of deemed as like this goody two shoes type of girl because I never did any of those things. Um, but that wasn't necessarily all of the truth. And, um, behind closed doors, people didn't know that for years I was struggling with masturbation and pornography. And as a girl, that's something that at the time wasn't really talked about a lot, especially Mm -hmm. for as Christian. And so, yeah, just growing up with that, um, kind of hidden for a lot of my life. It was, um, something that was really hard to deal with when I was in public, because like I said, a lot of people would deem me as this girl who never did anything wrong. Um, but little did they know behind closed doors, I was struggling with this huge sin. Um, but at the time I didn't really know it was a sin when I started, um, because that was probably around my freshman year of high school, sophomore year is when I kind of got into that. Um, but then I, got invited to a youth group. And like I said, since I kind of grew up on the Bible, I knew Bible verses and I knew to go to church, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know anything about Jesus. I didn't really know the characteristics of who he was. Um, And so me committing those sins and not seeing anything wrong with them made a whole lot of sense for me because looking, looking back at it now, because the Holy spirit wasn't truly in me and I didn't have conviction at the time. And so um, there was a part of me that knew like, there's a lot of shame with it for sure. So I know there was a part of me where the Lord was trying to work on my heart and was getting my heart, um, prepared to be like welcome to him. But, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know if I was like, it was just shame because I knew I was doing something wrong, but I didn't know why it was wrong. Um, and so then, yeah, I ended up going to youth group and probably like a couple weeks in, I sat down with the youth leader and kind of just, um, confessed to her that I was dealing with this. And I remember just like crying on the floor with her and 
she prayed over me and I asked her forgiveness for the first time. And I felt this huge weight lifted off of me. Um, but that didn't mean that I stopped that sin. So, um, for a couple more years after that, I still struggled with, a, with it a lot because at that point it was kind of a habit. Um, mm-hmm. and no one really in the church told me that other women struggled with that. And so I would go to church and I would go to conferences or listen to sermons and it would be like, girls, like stop gossiping, like, stop. You need to like build each other up. And then it was like, guys, it was like, stop looking at porn. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm the only girl in the world to struggle with this. Like if Mm -hmm. at church, if they're only talking about it with guys, that means I have to be the only girl. Like that, that's what definitely what that means. So the definitely, the devil definitely had a grip over me with that lie that I was the only one. And since I thought that I was so scared to like tell anyone else that I just kept dealing with it. Um, and that's one thing the devil definitely does is make you feel alone in your sin. It makes you feel like super isolated in it. And that if you would tell someone else, they would be like blown up or something. Cause they'd be so shocked at what you just said. But, um, then I heard the verse in the Bible. I might totally butcher this, but it's just basically about like how every sin that you've committed, someone else has also committed. Like no one has mm-hmm. done a sin all by themselves. Um, and I read that and I was kind of like, oh, interesting. Okay. Like I didn't, what it, that has to mean that some other girl struggled with this. Um, and then I also learned about James five sixteen, that says, um, confess your sins to one another and have them pray for you. And so I knew that was the only way that I would start finding freedom from this sin is when I started to confess it and started to have people around me in my community, like lift my burden with this sin um, and pray for me. And so when I got into college, um, throughout high school, I still struggled with this. It was definitely highs and lows because I started to confess it, but still struggled with it pretty bad. And then my freshman year of college, I joined a Bible study called athletes in action. Uh, basically like what it says it is it's an athletes Bible study. Cause I was in cheer, um, for three years of college and yeah, there, I really just, um, got convicted and the Holy spirit came into my heart and really convicted me of what I was doing. Um, and so kind of like the first couple of weeks of college, I got like pretty healed from it. Um, and then there was definitely times where I still like fell into that, but I didn't have any accountability partner. I didn't have anyone I was telling on the regular or anyone that was praying for me on the regular. It was just like, if I was in a big group and they asked me, or like a small group of girls and they asked for like prayer requests, maybe I would like throw in like, Oh, I'm struggling with something that I've struggled with for a while, you know, like super vague. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So when I joined that group, I had like a discipler and we got like really deep into it. And then I eventually had her as my accountability partner, which meant that every time I was feeling tempted or anytime I did fall into that sin, I would text her and she would pour truth over me because the hard part about struggling with sin by yourself and being isolated in it is you fall into that sin. And if you have no one to pour truth into you, the devil is just going to continue to pour lies and stir up lies in your head. And you're not going to get out of it because you don't have the truth, like combating those lies. And also confessing it, like speaking it out of your mind is so powerful and doesn't allow the devil to have any hold on you in that moment. And so when I started to confess it on the regular and um, then get truth poured into me, when I spoke those lies out, it was like a little like flip flop, you know, and that was something I had never done before. And to this day, like I am healed of that and definitely still struggle with the 
idea of like lust and um, just like temptation in those areas. Now that I have a fiance and we get married soon, like the boundaries are definitely still a struggle because of what I've struggled with in the past. But mm-hmm. um, I have such a stronger grip on it now because of the power of confession and people praying over you and encouraging you. Um, but then, yeah, I got, um, after I was kind of healed of this, of this area and this temptation, I had such a burden on my heart to help other women who I know feel the same way that I did. Um, and so, yeah, I just was starting to like confess it more. And I did an internship at the job I work at now called pulse. Um, it's a ministry in Minneapolis and they, they made a testimony video for me, which was really, 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 really great. Well, and yeah that was the first time that I had it in video which or like got to watch myself share it and that was kind of really hard to go through that again because in my mind I was like oh like I'm healed from this I don't need to talk about it Mm -hmm. but the lady like really dug in deep and she was like you need to like remember those moments and share so people can relate and I posted the video on my Instagram but before I did that my boss was like you need to post this and I was like heck no like I could never tell other people that I struggle with this like especially on social media like holy cow like that's like a big jump Mm -hmm. um and before this like I've shared it with my internship I shared my testimony with a couple other people but not like my whole following like um and then have the ability for people to share it to other people like it was just super overwhelming to me but then one day I I did I don't really know what it was it was kind of like people were just pouring truth over me like Emma if you're free from this like do it. Like there's nothing holding you back from this. It's only going to help people. And so then I did post that. Um, and it got a lot of, um, people to kind of like respond to me and say, like, I've also struggled with this. Thank you for your bravery. Like all these things that I was just like, not expecting, you know, cause the devil mm-hmm. was totally going to like telling me like, people are going to laugh. Like people are going to think like, your high school people who didn't know you were struggling with this are going to see this and they're going to like be so like embarrassed for you or all the lies. So, yeah. um, so that was really cool, but my heart was still burdened to like share to like specifically women and more than just like a video. And so I don't even know how this next part happened. Obviously it's only the Lord, but, um, live original, which is like Sadie Robertson's, um, ministry mm-hmm. DM'd me on Instagram and asked me to be a writer on Sadie's new app called LO sister. And that was like really, really shocking. Cause I didn't have a following at all. I didn't, I didn't follow live original. Like I knew who Sadie was, but I wasn't like, um, yeah, I wasn't like too in tune with what they were doing. I just knew it was really good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, fast forward, I wrote for them for like a year. Um, got really plugged into them. And there was like, it was kind of like the night before they asked me, I was sitting there and I was like, God, like, just like pleading with the Lord, like, how, what do I do? Like, they I just keep posting on Instagram. And, and then Sadie reached out and asked me to like, write just encouragement basically on this app full of only women. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like, okay, that's God, awesome. Like, answering my prayer times a thousand. So then for the past, I think it was probably like a year ago, a year and a half ago. Now I just got to share my whole story on that app. And I had so many women like reply to me and say like, me too. I've also struggled with this. Like, thank you for telling me that. And it brought them a lot of freedom, but I think it brought me even more because Mm -hmm. I got to hear other people say like me too, even though like I was free from that. It was still good to hear because even when I confessed and I walked through that, I didn't have a lot of people tell me like, 
I also did that or they also mm-hmm. did that even when I was like confessing and going through it. So that was really encouraging to hear. And the Lord totally just redeemed my heart in that area. And um, now I have a like passion on my heart to help women just be free from like the sin that they hold so dear in their heart and like feel like they have to like not dear in a good way, but like that feels like hidden in their heart because they don't want to mm-hmm. share because they're ashamed or um, scared. And so, yeah, that's kind of my passion now is just to help women find freedom from sin and um, just walk in the freedom that God calls us to walk in and gives us to walk in so, so gracefully. Um, but yeah, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. It's my testimony. Yeah, no, that's so, that's, re- it's really good. And what's funny is I didn't know like any of that before you just told me, like I, I came across you on Instagram, but I didn't know any of that. So like, this is all new to me too but it's so crazy that you brought this up because this is something that I mean this is something I struggled with as well and it is one of those things that you kind of you never as a woman like you just never think of that because you're not told that you're not we're not educated on the things that we're exposed to every day through media through tv through movies like at such a young age we're all being exposed to these things and it's just seen as like normal and like obviously yeah you know it's not right but you're like why is it not right or why do I feel this way or and all these things and so then yeah so it it is something that we're not told that other women struggle with and it's hard and one of the things that I remember going to passion and seeing um Jenny Allen and she was like you need to tell the people next to you like what you're struggling with and I was like I don't want to do that like I've never talked about it I've never um talked to other people about it it's just never something that was brought up like when you're younger you're told obviously like wait till you're married to have sex and like you know that but you're not also told like don't do these things, don't do this. And like, it's, it's so crazy. And I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that isn't talked about enough. And it's something that when we are exposed to all these things, it just seems so normal and it's, it's, it's normal. It's just not okay. And that's, what's hard to come to terms with is like, we see it all the time, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it's, thank you for sharing that as well. Cause it's definitely a, um, it's, it's like a practice. I think I had to learn on how to confess because I get a lot of, um, like messages from girls since I've been sharing it more saying like, how, like, how do I stop this? And like, my only answer now is like, you have to confess it. Like, and I think the word confess has like some religious weight to it. And people think like, Oh, confession. Like, why would I need to like confess to people? That's weird. But like, like Jesus tells us to confess to people and have them pray for us not for the reason of exposing ourselves but for like truly that's how you find freedom is when you like I just have such a visual in my head of like think of like all the lies that you've ever been told about yourself after you committed this sin like you are you're full of shame you're full of guilt you probably feel really gross these are things that I've felt and I know that I'm not alone in them anymore and like I always felt super gross I always felt super like disqualified for anything that I wanted to do in life. Um, when it comes to like building up the Lord and building up the kingdom. Um, and then I also just felt like, I always just said like dirty, like super gross. Um, and those were like the constant things that I felt all the time. And so like, those are what piled in my head. And if I didn't have anyone to tell that to, that's just like kind of my new identity. Like if people don't know 
um, anything different in my head. I think that I'm A, B, and C, all these things I listed off because I don't have any other truth coming in my head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you have the willpower to like read your Bible afterwards and find that truth, that's really great. But that was really hard for me to do. Like, it was really hard for me to like read stuff in the Bible and then like believe it because the devil was pouring so many lies into my head that it was like, I couldn't believe what, you know, what I was reading because I'm like, the, like, did you see what I just did? Like, that's disgusting. Like, that's gross, you know, like all those things. And so when the Bible says like, confess, it's because you have all these lies in your head and you need to like speak them out and have people like declare truth into your head instead. So like the lies are coming out of your mouth and the truth is going in your ears, into your mind and your heart. And so like that cycle of like getting rid of like all those lies and getting the truth of Jesus back into your, (laughs) sit the microphone back into your um, mind is just so powerful because it's like replacing what's supposed to be on the throne um, because it's so easy for like all those lies to get there instead. And so it's, it's definitely a practice. Like the first time I confessed, I was like, I thought I had a panic attack. Like I was like, this lady is like, one going to laugh at me Two, She's going to like, I don't know. I don't even remember, you know, just like all the worst things possible, worst case scenario. But that's because like, that's what the devil is telling you. Cause he doesn't want you to confess. Like he's had such a grip on your life for so long in this area. Um, and maybe not that long for some people, you know, it could be like something new and they know they're not supposed to, you know, it doesn't feel right. Like they should be doing it, but they, you know, it could be like this new thing. Um, but the devil's going to tell you that this is right. And that this feels great. Like, why would you stop? Um, but yeah, when you like confess that the devil's going to do everything in his power to help you or to make you not do that. And so for me, that came in like form of fear of rejection, fear of man. But then when I did confess it and I was welcomed with love and forgiveness and grace, like that's how I knew that this was something that I needed to do. And then the more that I confessed it, the easier it got. And now I've developed this characteristic, like if I ever do anything wrong or like lie or like definitely in this area of sin, for sure. Like if I don't confess it in the first half hour, like I am not okay. Like I have to confess right after something happens. Um, and if I don't like, like I said, like, I'll just not be okay. Like I, I developed this characteristic of confession because of before with my old sin, like that's what I had to do. And it's such a good characteristic to develop. Like that's what God does call us to do. Um, and it's definitely not easy every time it, you know, it's like, Oh, great. Like, do I have to tell them? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's fine. And this is with like any sin, like by gossip, or if I hurt someone's feelings or whatever, you know, whatever you're struggling with at the time, like it's not fun. No one wants to do it. I'm not saying like the more you do it, the easier it is for you to say it, but it just becomes more natural for you to like, have to go through that hard thing to know that like someone's going to pray over you and your burdens are going to be lifted. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I, um, I had never really been exposed to that, uh, concept of like confession really like, you know, to confess your sins to God when you pray and everything. And, but nobody really tells you to do that with like other people. It's just kind of one of those things that you feel ashamed of and you want to like, keep it to yourself. And it's, that's not, and of course that's Satan telling you like, don't tell people, don't confess to others. Um, but you're right. It's a kind of an accountability thing as like, you're keeping yourself accountable because once you tell somebody else, 
now they know. And you're like, I don't want to do that again. And it's not like a shameful thing. It's when you find a good group of people to actually be able to do that with, Mm -hmm. um, it becomes a a reality and that makes you hold yourself accountable and the people around you accountable. And, but I, I like that you said that, I mean, that's a good characteristic to have, of course, like you said, and, um, but yeah, I had never been exposed to that until passion with Jenny Allen. I mean, her, her message was so good and, but I had never been exposed to that concept ever. And so it was news to me. So I'm hoping that this message will come across somebody that, um, had never been exposed to that as well, because it is, it is really liberating and to be able to talk to people about the sins you struggle with, because like I've said before, your battles are not meant to be fought alone. Like you're meant to fight them with other people. Um, but I hadn't said this yet, but congratulations on getting engaged and getting married soon. That's (laughs) so exciting. Um, but like with this concept, how are you and your fiance able to keep those boundaries once after you struggled with those things in the past? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so by the will of the Lord, (laughs) Uh, we definitely aren't perfect. That's for sure. And that's something I want to say first, like it's, we have so many conversations and I have, the Lord has blessed me with like all of my best friends are engaged right now. Um, besides one, but maybe soon. Um, and yeah, so we're all walking through the same thing. We're all walking through the same season with, um, you know, trying to save that for marriage and definitely not perfect at it. Like it is a bumpy road for sure. And there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of confusion and like you're, your mind and your heart are so like connected and you're doing so many things to build yourself up into that unity, but you can't do it physically. And I wouldn't say, okay, I'm not going to say you can't do it physically. You definitely can, but like, depending on where you are and like, if you know, if you are a Christian and you're following the Lord and God is telling you to wait for this gift, because it is such a gift to wait for marriage. Um, and you're choosing to follow his will, like, that is really, really hard. And I feel like it's not truly talked about a lot, the how hard it is, because for me, I'm at the point where I just get like frustrated at this point and thank the Lord. Like I am marrying another Christian because otherwise we would not be waiting. You know, like there's so many days where I get so mad because I'm like, why, like, why can't we just like do something? Why can't we just like cross a boundary or anything. And he's, you know, so gracious to remind me of like why we're waiting, but yeah, just like straight up to say that we're like, we are not perfect. We have crossed boundaries. We have messed up in the past, but like that doesn't disqualify us from like continuing to move forward. And, um, yeah, so definitely there's just so many like practical things like to do when we're together that we've like not always done, but like try our best to do in terms of like not laying down together or like trying our best not to hang out after a certain time. Because I know when I get really tired, like, you know, like then my mind Mm -hmm. isn't as clear and stuff like that. But it is definitely super difficult because the devil will give you so many lies. Like, Oh, you're getting married anyway. Like you might as well, you know, you're getting married in three months. Like what's what's the difference for waiting, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say just like setting those boundaries and then continuing to set those boundaries. And like, it's, it's not something that you're going to, I mean, maybe I I shouldn't say this for everyone. It's not something we have like set and then followed perfectly because like that seems impossible to me. I know it's not impossible, but like, 
we both have struggled with this kind of stuff in the past. And so coming together, we know that we have to be like 10 times more strict because it's that much harder. Mm-hmm. But um, I just lost my train of thought. So <laughs> that is where I'm going to end that because I forgot my train of thought. But you can ask more questions if you have around that. Maybe it'll spark it. Yes. Um, no, that's a that's a good point. I know that's been said a lot about um, just like setting boundaries and how important that is. Uh, because my boyfriend and I have been dating for three years almost, and um, high school sweethearts, you know, and um, so it's been kind of crazy because my sister is always like, people at school always are like, Amber, do you not realize like your sister has, you know, crossed those boundaries with Adam before? And I was like, that's she was like, no, you don't know India, like, she's not. She wouldn't do that. But it's so crazy that even the people that are like younger than me, like that's so normalized. Yeah. And it it like drives me crazy because it's like, I know it's normal, but like putting those people in boxes like that is, it's frustrating for me. And Amber's like, well, it doesn't really matter because you know who you are and you know who you and Adam are and like the boundaries y'all have set. And, but it it's so crazy to me that how normalized it is that people just assume after a you've been dating for a few months, like that y'all have crossed those boundaries. And, um, it's something, obviously, like you said, it's not, it's not easy and it's difficult, but like when I grew up in a household where it was like, that is what was preached. Like you, and I, so I was like more scared than anything, not even because for my own self that I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I don't know what would everybody think and all these things. And so it was like coming to terms with realizing that's not just about what everybody else was wanting me to do. It was what I didn't want to do before marriage. And so it was, it's always been a crazy thing. And it's not only just setting boundaries with people who you've um, who you're dating at the time it's setting boundaries with people who you're going to start dating I remember Adam and I sitting in the car one day and I was just like we had just started dating it was probably like our third or fourth date and I was like I just want to let you know okay like this is who I am I I don't because I'm like if if you're into that stuff I, I'm like we can be friends but I don't really want to be a part of that because I know it takes two people like you said to keep each other accountable because like if you're not in your right mindset and he's not in his right mindset, then that's leads to things. And so it's just finding that right person that will be able to keep you accountable is nice. And um, yeah, this is such a interesting conversation because my family listens to this and they're going to be like, what are we talking about? Um, But I mean, I've talked to my family about it before too, because the other day I was like, oh, I want to get married so we can travel. And my family's like, well, you're still in college. Like you don't need to get married. Y'all can travel without it. And I was like, yeah, but what's everybody going to think if we're traveling and like staying in a hotel room and stuff. And my grandma's like, who cares what they think? As long as you're staying accountable, like I know y'all aren't doing anything. And I'm like, mm, I know, but it's, it's still like that yeah, whole that. out from the outside perspective, but um yeah. So I'm trying to think, uh, I was totally, I lost my train of thought too. Now okay. I was going to ask you, <laughs> I can hype you up for a second because I think that it's so great that, um, you are the one who set those boundaries. Cause that's how it was with Dylan and I as well. And I think that we need to just like talk on, or just like encourage women to that, like you can set the boundaries and like, you can be that person. Um, because I think it's very like, men are the leaders and like men have to be the one to do all these things, which is like 
great and like men do need to lead but like there's other areas where women can also lead in the relationship and I think before before Dylan and I even started dating I did the same thing where I sat him down and um, we've known each other for a very long time so it wasn't like he was this new guy and I was like listen here I was like (laughs) we knew each other's past already and so I was like hey like this is what you know like same thing as you like this is this is my boundary if you're gonna stay in this boundary then let's keep going and if you're not then like sorry you know like yeah let's continue to be friends and like it sounds may sound harsh to some people but like if you're not gonna be very strong up front like that could lead to things being harder down the line and and like I said earlier like we aren't perfect so it didn't make things the easiest for us but it did for a really really long time um we were because Dylan says now he was like I was kind of scared like you like were so upfront and like bold and he's like no one's ever done that to me before and I'm like well when you know what you want like you can be bold about it but um yeah just to encourage women too in this area to like stand up like if you know what you want and you know what you want in a relationship like be upfront about it and say that and I knew that like after Dylan and I kissed like it would be a lot harder for us to um maybe like stay in those boundaries or like, I didn't really know. We knew each other for so long that when we got together, I was like, okay, we need to be like really strong with this because we've had a crush on each other for like seven years. So we don't know like what's going to happen, you know? So I told him that like, after that we had the boundary conversation, I was, or when we started dating, I was like, I'm going to tell you when you can kiss me because I don't like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen after that. You know, I don't know how it's going to be. I've never been in a relationship where like there's like passion. Um, And so we waited six months until we kissed for dating because I was like, just wanted to be super sure, super like cautious on all of that. And he was super respectful of that. And so I think that's another thing as well as I was with guys in the past where I was like talking to a guy and I told him like, oh, I don't want to like make out or like, maybe I'm not like ready to kiss yet. And one guy was like, I'm just telling you, you're never going to find a guy who's going to want to do that for you. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay. Well, that makes my decision a little bit easier for you. Um, yeah, exactly. And so now I'm marrying a guy who waited six months to kiss me. And so the Lord definitely like redeemed that lie that was thrown right out my face and just encouragement for women who are like with someone who's, you know, that you're dating or engaged to, that's like pushing everything that you said that you don't want to do, or like you're telling them you don't want to do something or that you want to wait maybe a couple of weeks to like kiss again or something. And they're like uh, disagreeing with that or calling you names about that. Like, that's not who, you know, that's not what the Lord wants for you. He wants like someone who will protect you and um, keep you strong in that area as well. And I know no one's ever perfect, but there's definitely guys who will protect you and um, care for you in that way. So just some encouragement in that area. Yeah. Well, that's, what's crazy to me because going dating in like high school, it's the the craziest thing ever because everybody's in that phase. And I remember always, I mean, I made a point at a very young age to set those boundaries because once you got to high school, it seemed like everybody was like crossing boundaries. And I was like, I struggled with that so much because I was like, nobody's going to want to date me. No. And, and coming to terms with realizing, I don't really care if they are not wanting to date me because if they're not willing to date me because I'm waiting for marriage, they're obviously not the person for me, which is hard to, which is hard to figure out because when you're like in high school and you just want somebody to date, you want somebody to love you. And like, sometimes you're willing to compromise yourself for that. And which I would tell everybody obviously don't do that because like you said if you can tell someone and set boundaries early on but like 
later on, their mind might change. And that was always something I struggled with too, with Adam. I'm like, Hey, um, I'm like checking in. I'm like, you know, do you still, I'm, I'm one of those people. Do you still love me? Yeah. Like if I, if I don't want to do this stuff and he was like, yeah. that's not even a question. Like, obviously yeah. I still love you. And I, and I, I'll also want to wait for marriage too. So it's not just like you, which is also a nice thing to have, but I know everybody's boundaries are different. Like it's just for anybody listening, don't set your boundaries based on somebody else's because somebody else's might be different. Like you might not be able to have as much self-control as the next person. So your boundaries might be a lot more strict. And so just knowing that your boundaries aren't like the same as somebody else's is nice too, is because when I was growing up, it's hard. You kind of, it's like trial and error. Like you have to realize where your boundaries are and when a situation gets uncomfortable and like when you need to leave. And, and that was something that I learned pretty quickly in high school because not gonna lie, like guys just like to take advantage and not all, not all obviously, but it's hard. You have to realize when that time is to walk away and set those boundaries because not all guys are going to want to do that. Like you said. And so, um, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Dating in high school was crazy. I'm glad I got to find my guy in high school. Cause it made it a lot easier, but, um, for sure. And I can imagine it's only harder in college too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And just like, I feel like just some encouragement for those who are listening that like have obviously crossed boundaries, like we're talking about, or have like, maybe you're dating and you want to get married or you're engaged and you're going to be married soon. And you have had sex with that person and you're listening like, Oh my gosh, like I feel so like discouraged by this because we have gone that far. Like there's truly like no better time than right now to like set those boundaries again. Like if you get married in a week and you guys are like, okay, we're like, you know, we're going to wait now, you know, like there's always time to like recommit yourself. And we're not saying setting these boundaries. I think sometimes it's like people can look at Christians and be like, oh, like they're, they're boring or like, they're like, so I don't know, conservative to how they feel with these like rules. Like we're not doing it because it's like a rule. We're doing it because God's telling us this because it's such a gift and like God is so good to us and he wouldn't like hold us back from something if he knew it was good. You know, if he like Mm -hmm. didn't have something so special for sex and marriage, then like there wouldn't be anything holding us back right now um right. doing it right now and so I think that like it literally like sex is such a gift and I always just think about it like as a present like that God is giving us on our wedding night and it's so easy for us to like open a little bit of it, a bit of it now like if you're on Christmas like you see all these gifts and you're like I'll just take the ribbon off or like I'll just peek in like the corner of it you know it's like you see a little bit of it like it's it might not be as special if you like continue to do that and continue to open it. And then it's like, Oh, now I see this whole gift. Well, like the gifts open, I might as well just like keep going, you know, versus being like, okay, I see it, but like, God, can you just like wrap it back up, you know, put it away. And then I'm going to reopen it again when when you call me to, and I know it's going to be special then. And that's like the whole purpose of grace um, and forgiveness. And after like, you've crossed that line and you feel like you've gone too far, like that's the exact moment when you think that you've gone too far to turn around and like run back to the Lord, like the prodigal son um, story in the Bible where um, the son ran away from the father and um, he realized what he had done. So he turned around coming back to the father, all full of shame and feeling like the father is going to like disown him. And the father is going to like make him a, like such a servant to him and 
um, when he ran back home, the father was running to him with open arms, like so excited for him to come back home. And that's the same. That's the way that God views us. Um, and so if you're in that place where you're feeling like discouraged about where you are, about what boundaries that, you know, maybe at the beginning of the relationship, you said that this was going to happen, this wasn't going to happen. And you guys were going to wait and you ended up not waiting. Um, just know that this is your time and this is your sign to just like run back to the Lord and know that he is there with open arms, ready for you to um, ask for forgiveness and walk in freedom from shame um, in those areas. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. The present, like you yeah. did that really, that was a really good example. <laughs> that was like really good. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's the one thing I've seen a lot on like TikTok and stuff is girls like re-waiting for marriage. Yeah. And I, you're, you never are like introduced to that in church or like we never are talked yeah. about that. And and it's like a good point because when you look back at it and look at how, you know, you, I wouldn't say failed, I don't want to say failed, but like how, you know, if you didn't wait for marriage, it's like you said, it's never too, you're never too far gone. Just like with any sin. I mean, you yeah. ask for forgiveness and you, you have to work through it because the thing is, is there's going to be consequences. And I, I know, um, I read relationship goals by Michael Todd. It was really good. And he talked about like soul ties and stuff. And so I know, I know that's like a huge thing with not waiting before marriage. Like you said, there is a reason that God says that it's a sacred thing between a man and a wife. And because you do have those, that soul tie and you have those issues that are connected with sex. And that's, what's so crazy to me is that we always like to think that what we, our desires are greater than what's actually true. And, but God specifically tells us not to do that because it's protecting us. Like he's purposely trying to protect us in our hearts, in our minds, honestly. And that's why, you know, that's why it's so hard to see how normalized sex is in the media and everything because it seems so normal in our minds mm -hmm. but as soon as yeah. you know you cross those boundaries it's not it you you can tell like you did something wrong and I so I'm like blessed to have Adam who and like our relationship has been really well in that department and so it's nice to have that but obviously like you said to the people who you know may have crossed those boundaries earlier on it's like it's never too late to stop and cut ties with that and just figure out where your boundaries are. Um, but it kind of goes with like dating and other aspects and not just sex. Like as soon as you give up those places and you start compromising, you know, your standards and your expectations for a godly man, that's when everything starts going downhill. And that's when it leads to those things. Like such a small thing that my dad always said was like, you know, him opening the car door for you. And I was always like, you know, dad, whatever, like, that's so dumb. Like, if he doesn't open the door for me, it's fine. I don't care. Like, I'm an independent woman. I can do it myself. And, yeah. and I was like, but the guy I was dating before Adam, like, didn't open the door for me. He didn't really pay for my dinners mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It was like little things that I was like, I don't care. My dad's like, India, that's, it's not okay. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, but we're in high school and he doesn't have money. And maybe he just forgot to open my car door. But then I started dating Adam and Adam did all the things. He checked all the boxes. And I was like, yeah. I was really compromising how I felt in all those just because I needed some like love and attention from this guy and I'm like as soon as I stopped compromising my standards and expectations 
someone rose to the occasion. (laughs) And so like, you never think somebody will until you actually are like, no, I'm not budging. These are the non-negotiables. You will do this. You will do this. If you don't do this, I'm not going to hold a grudge, but like, we're just not going to date. And that's kind of something like never taking it personal. Like if they don't do that, they just weren't raised that way. They won't do that. But something my dad's always told me is like, you're dating that person for who they are. You're not dating them to change them. So if they're already like that, you know, you're obviously not going to change them. You don't want to change them because then they're not the person you fell in love with or liked. And so that's kind of the same concept is like, you shouldn't have to change somebody. Like if you talk to someone and be like, these are my boundaries. If you have to convince them, cut ties, run away. Like if you have to say, if you have to keep reminding them like, Hey, no, 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 that's, that's way too far. Like, you know, obviously keep each other accountable, but if you're having to always be the one to say, Hey, no way like that, that you got to cut ties. You just have to set those non-negotiables. And something I learned before dating was you have to learn who you are individually, learn who you are in Christ, learn to love yourself, learn to love others properly before you can let, let somebody else love you. Because if you don't, you're just going to fall into that relationship instead of having identity in your, in like who you are individually. Yeah. That's so good. When I was um, preparing this morning, just like doing my quiet time and so, you know, like the Lord kind of had on my heart for this. I wrote like that your sin doesn't disqualify you. And I think that that is really like, obviously the Holy Spirit is, is in this um, conversation and that like totally describes, like, I think I already said that like twice and I haven't even talked about this yet, but um, Romans 3.23 is for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and yeah, like I don't say that to just like water down our sin and water down like crossing boundaries and how important that is um but the devil can definitely like use our sin to like make us think that we can't be carriers of the word um and I know I definitely felt that like sometimes after Dylan and I will cross boundaries or when I used to like do that on my own I'd be like great all these things I want to do for the kingdom now I can't do like I want to be a Christian and now I can't because I did this sin but like the whole purpose of the gospel is to say that like we are imperfect people and we do sin, but like, that is the whole reason why we have Jesus and like his death on the cross is what gives us freedom. And it's freedom from that shame to say like, Hey, I know I just messed up, but like, I know how to ask for forgiveness. And I know that I can ask for forgiveness because that's why Jesus died on the cross. And so now I can live this life free of sin or free of shame and guilt, because that's what I used to live in before Jesus. And now I can walk freely and say like, Hey, like, I know, I'm, I know I messed up, but that doesn't mean that I can't share the gospel. That doesn't mean I can't do all these things. And um, because if you're convicted of your sin, you're going to want to ask for forgiveness and have freedom from that. But, um, yeah, I just think it's so important to like, know that you're not disqualified because you've messed up because I messed up like four times already today, probably like 400 times. I don't even know. I can't, <laughs> I can't just, I can't say all the times that I've sinned, you know, but, um, if every time we messed up, we were disqualified, like from sharing the gospel or, you know, being like carriers of the word, like we would never be able to do that because we sin so much. And that's why the whole purpose of the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross so he could carry that for us. So we don't have to walk around with this weight on our back, but we can stand up tall and understand that like, that is why Jesus died for us. And now we get to tell other people about it, you know, cause there's a lot of people in this world that don't know Jesus. So they have those sins that weigh them down all the time. And they do feel a lot of shame and they just wish there was like something out there um that would help them feel more free feel more light and that is Jesus and that is the gospel and um 
yeah. So just some encouragement for people that just because you've fallen short in these areas or other areas, you're not disqualified from being a Christian or um, doing what God has called you to do. Yeah, that's really good. I am. Um, yeah. It's a, it's hard with like sexual sin because it seems so different mm-hmm. than other sin. And it's so hard because once you cross those boundaries, you're like, I can never go back. Yeah. Like you can never take that away. And, you know, I felt that myself is like, I've already done it. And now I'm like, you know, I can ask for forgiveness and I can feel that forgiveness, but I won't, I can't forget like how that made me feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's like something that's hard to come to terms with, but obviously, like you said, it's a process and it doesn't get easier, but that doesn't mean it doesn't like help at all. And I think that's like an important thing. Like you said, like it, it makes you feel bad because that's conviction. It's not a want the shame is from the devil conviction is from the Lord. And it's that. So once you realize it's like shame, you're like, I asked for forgiveness. I talked to my father about like my heavenly father about this. Um, and was just, you know, I was forgiven from this. So like the shame that I'm feeling is not from him. Like that's from Satan himself. And so just coming to terms with like, like you said, that doesn't make me not able to do other things. And the, what I think is great about this is like you sharing your story and sharing this is glorifying him, even though that sin made you feel so, you know, like you said, dirty and everything, yeah. you're able to take that and glorify him in that. And so that's why I think that it does, like you said, it doesn't disqualify you. It actually yeah. is like using your story for his glory. And that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. And I think with like the whole, um, sorry, I'm just trying to think what you said um with the you experiencing stuff and not being able to um you know go back on that and same thing that I've you know gone through as well I think that that's one thing the devil kind of uses against us to bring us down and to like discourage us is to say like so let's say like we cross boundaries maybe we've done something we haven't done before and I'm like crap like that I didn't want to go like that I didn't want to do that you know I always said that that's something I wouldn't do um, and then I'm like, okay, like we need to pray. I need to confess with my, like my community, my girls and like have prayer over me. And when I do that, like, I truly believe that I am forgiven. And if I like sit there and I'm like, okay, I'm forgiven, but like, oh gosh, no, like I'll never like experience that in marriage or like I ruined that now. Like I felt it and I like, can't go back, you know, like I think that was 100% like the devil, because I believe that like the Lord can heal for sure. And like the woman at the well, like she had seven husbands, you know, and Mm -hmm. like when the Lord came to her, he was like, I'm going to give you living water, not the water, because she was like shamed from the town. So she like was going out, getting water from the well, like way out of the town. And Jesus met her there and he knew that she had seven husbands and that she's like obviously gone through all these things. And he was like, I'm going to give you living water. This is not the water that you'll need. Um, and from that, she just had like so much freedom and joy because she had living water inside of her that it didn't, nothing that she did before, like affected her walk anymore. Like when she walked to the well, like she was kind of like felt some shame and then turned around and was like having so much joy going back. And I kind of think that like, that's a good analogy of how we should feel too. Like we have, I have a lot of shame after stuff like that happens. But then after we like, I confess to the Lord, I have so much joy because that doesn't weigh me down anymore. And the Lord can definitely heal and renew that if you do continue to wait um, for when he calls you to do that. So, 
Yeah. I love that. That was good. Okay. So like we're getting to that time where we've got to start closing out, but we have questions. We, me, I have questions, um, for you to, um, you know, three, it's like a lightning round of questions. So I have three questions. All right. Okay. So the first question is what's your favorite book right now? Okay. So I don't read, but I have one (laughs) Dylan reads all the time. So he's been reading to me this book that we've been reading for months because it takes me a while to, (laughs) you know, want to read it, but it's called ready or not K N O T. Mm. And it's a book about dating and engaged people who are like moving towards marriage so it's super super great after at the end of each chapter there's like takeaway questions that you guys could talk about together and then a prayer at the end so it's super great super encouraging um I recommend it for sure that's so exciting oh my gosh that's so exciting I'm jealous of you um uh okay so the next question is like what's your favorite verse right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so Psalms 127.1, and it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And I just have been hearing it a ton. And so I don't even know if it's really my favorite right now, but it's one that the Lord has been like thrown at me a lot. Um, just with like what I, what he wants for me, if I'm using so much effort to do it myself, it's in vain, but if the Lord puts it in front of me, then it's from him. So, Yeah. I like that. That's good. I, all these verses that people have brought up, like I had never heard them before. Some of them. So I'm like, this is really fun for me too. Cause yeah. I get to hear new verses. <laughs> um, okay. The last question is what is your favorite part of God's creation? That's a big question. My fiance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good answer. That one's going to keep you safe too. That one's going to be a good, good, good answer. He's going to love that one. Honestly, I would say maybe let's just go with flowers. Mm. They're my favorite flowers. I love them. Cute little babies. They're not really babies, but they look like them. So let's just <laughs> go with that. My fiance holding those flowers. That would be. Oh, yeah, that's that's perfect. That's the perfect combination. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I am so happy to have you on here. This was a really good conversation that needed to be had. And um, so I'm really glad. And I hope that some people can benefit from this, um, this conversation. And I thank you. And I pray that your wedding planning goes really smoothly. And I'm super excited, obviously, to see pictures of that, because that's going to be fun. Um, But everybody, thank you so much for listening or watching or whatever you decide to do today. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and that you just use what God's given you to be a light for him in everything you do and be the reason someone smiles today. You never know who's going to need it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye.